Welcome one and all to Last Stop Penn Station podcast featuring Carrie Silken and Ian Riccoboni. They dive deep into Carrie's wealth of stories and no subject is off limits. From the world of wrestling to his ticket agency, growing up in New Jersey, drug-fueled underground days, hustling in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and endless days and nights in New York City, every story is worth telling. Welcome to another edition of Last Stop Penn Station. It's Ian Riccoboni, Carrie Silken, AJ from Basant Creative and Web Design, our producer. We're here, Carrie. It is one week removed from the gurney. And I'll tell you what, the listeners were laughing just as hard as I was. They were. Uh, I got two complaints. Oh, okay. That... You're laughing. There was so much laughing that you couldn't hear that they couldn't hear the story. But it's okay. People really enjoyed it. Um, it's a legendary story. Um, uh, Nigel McGuinness, when you didn't go with us, but when we did the garden and you went to see Network, yes, the night before we were at the garden. Mm-hmm. On Thursday night, myself, Jay Lethal, his parents, mm-hmm. Matt Taven, Dalton Castle, um, Gary Juster, I believe, we went to see uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Mm-hmm. And Nigel and his lady friend went and saw To Kill a Mockingbird with Jeff Daniels. And I told Nigel, you know, they're. I go, well, look, when the shows are going to end pretty much around the same time, mm-hmm. I'll meet you by Schubert Alley. Mm-hmm. And there's a restaurant, bar, whatever. And he's like, sure, mate. And so when I met him, and it was really nice. Remember how good the weather was? Oh, it was beautiful. That was the, that was the most perfect night. Right. Both nights, yeah. So uh, when I met him and this lady friend, and she's not a wrestling fan, and they, they really enjoyed The Mockingbird he says, mate, can you tell uh, my lady friend the story about the, the guy at Disney World? I'm like, Nigel, I said, are you going to go up to uh, Don Rickles and say, tell jokes? Right? <laughs> I, no, I didn't say that. I said, no, she doesn't want to hear that. He insisted on me, t- you know, because you got to lay it out or else the story doesn't work. Yeah. So we, I, I, obli- I, I, Nigel's a good man. I obliged him and we sat at the uh, bar and what the hell's the name of that place? Oh, damn it. Um, there's one in Brooklyn too. But anyway, uh, we sat there and I told this lady, this girl, the story. I'm just saying to myself, what the hell is she thinking when you <laughs> listen to this? But she enjoyed it just like everyone else. It's a guaranteed winner. <laughs> if we ever go on tour, right. we'll tour with, <laughs> we can tour with the gurney. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm hosting the uh, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers uh, wrestling action figure live podcast. So maybe maybe once this thing slows down, maybe we can. We'll go on tour. We'll tour. I we'll, met Matt Cardona. Oh yeah, I saw you got your photo with him. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny. If you asked me where he's from mm-hmm. or what he did in wrestling, I couldn't tell you. He was WWE. WWE, back? yeah, long, yeah, long time. I figured he was, mm-hmm. but um, I'm. He was at the uh, WrestleCon, mm-hmm. and uh, we both had the same reaction. I just went walking up to his table, mm-hmm. and it was almost like we knew each other, like we had known each other. Yeah, and uh, it was like kindred. You know, even though he never worked Ring of Honor, right. <clears throat> Yeah, he, I, I don't believe he was ever at a show. No, he went straight from the New York independence. He was one of those guys who got signed super young and got, you know, went on that path. To but he was very cool. Yeah. So I'm glad you're getting to do that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then hopefully that'll be in our, maybe he'll host our live podcast. Maybe, maybe we can have him and his gigantic following. Yes. And that would, uh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking for, hey, that'd be a fun idea. Maybe we could do it at the great show world. <laughs> the reopen show the world. Reopen show. Do it on the third floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right in the furry beaver room. Well, formerly the furry beaver room. I mean, if we that, might talk about that later again. Uh, um, <laughs> and now, Carrie and Ian doing uh, the Gurney story. Right. That was a comedy club for a little while. Really? Yeah, it had a. Um, I'll save it for the okay for when the, we get through this other stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the fifty-five and five. I think last week was last week's card. I don't know if they did the cards in the show go yeah, in sequence. They do. So this past Monday was the sumo card, which right. surprised a couple of people. There's a couple of wrestling trading card gurus that I follow, and they follow me. They were a little surprised that it was Ricky Dozen. But they all seem to think the same as everybody else, that that's absolutely him. Well, you, you could watch the 55 and 5s on Ian's YouTube channel or on Conrad's ad-free shows, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as the poster of the week, which we always have fun with, as well as the uh, Ring of Honor watch party. And that yeah. was a hell of a show this past week. Yeah, Eli and Dak Draper, Dalton Castle coming back with the new song. Yes. <laughs> the pink suit. You guys are going crazy over the oh, new song. We, I loved it until he kicked Eli in the, in the nuts. <laughs> and Dak. And Dak, yeah. I don't know if you saw Quinn McKay's reaction. Quinn McKay was not happy with that. Uh, about Dak Draper getting assaulted. Right. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things, equal opportunity, and Dalton said it needed some excitement, some some interest, some intrigue, and then he goes and does that. And I noticed he had five new boys. Five, yeah, he went from two to five. <laughs> and they were They're less, multiplying. Yeah, they were less clothed than the previous boys. So that was interesting. And then the, uh, the, the six-man main event. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, it was good to see Homicide mm-hmm. back in a, proper uh ring of honor match as well as uh brody king is just just, uh, they're all so intense but brody king and it just it dawned on me he did did he name himself brody after bruiser in honor of bruiser bruiser brody i believe he he might have had to because he is a bruiser brody type no doubt about it yeah he's just a giant man him and roosh just 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 open hands across the chest nonstop, just stepping up to one another. And Chris Dickinson took Yeah, a, he's tough too. He took a beating and then he just shrugged it off and just started throwing people around. What a guy. So that was that was a, uh, a very good main event. Um, and I also check out the Ring of Honor ROH Strong podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Eck had homicide this past week. He did. And I listened to it. You never know what he's going to say. Right. <laughs> I know him a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's one of those guys that he's, uh, he's unpre- it's like Johnny Roz. He's unpredictable. <laughs> well, I think he's got ties to, to Johnny in some he ways. Does. Yeah, I think he tra- might have trained with But he him. was talking on the podcast that he trained with Manny Fernandez. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's another unpredictable, <laughs> predictable guy. So, yeah. So the ROH podcast was good with Homicide. It was mm-hmm. just to, he doesn't do these kind of interviews very often. No, hardly ever. And it's so good to have him back. And uh, it feels like he's home. And I, I got that impression from the podcast also. That, yes. That he's here for some closure and is here to achieve more, but to, to tie a bow on it and to tie a knot on it. Yeah, he's definitely old school. Um Liz, I don't want to give away the podcast, mm-hmm. but a lot of the points he makes, you know, passing, you know, he's here, he's here to do his job and here to work hard, mm-hmm. but at the same time, passing the torch along to some of this younger talent, yeah. which is uh, the tradition in, 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 in the arts. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to spoil it. It hasn't been announced yet. There's another name from the past that's, oh. that's coming on Monday. To, okay. To uh, that, I think the fans are going to really be excited about with the uh, with the launch of the women's division Wednesday matches. There's a a name that will be joining Caprice and I in the booth that I think the fans will be extraordinarily excited about. Maria has joined us for the for the preliminary matches. Where the, oh, you're gonna have to tell me off the air. I will. I will. And uh, it's a good one. So I'm either uh, overly protecting it at this point. I don't know if they will announce it on Friday. Or uh, maybe underprotecting it because some folks may have seen this person and I exchanging some comments online recently. So okay. 
the name from Ring of Honor's past. I'm very excited. Cool. Yeah. So. Who could that be? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My old brain is rattling. Because we really didn't have a lot of, you know, that many uh, women in ROH. You sure. Know, Sarah Del Rey. Right. Well, Daisy Hayes. From the announcing side. I'll give you that hint. The lace, the girl Lacey. Well, it doesn't have to be a female. I'll say that. We have a uh, somebody that's carved their niche as a women's wrestling expert. Okay. Well, we'll I'm not going to make any more guesses. I think I know who it is. But yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun. And uh, that's oh, it's somebody I saw outside of Madison Square Garden. Serendipitously, I'd never met this person in my life, but we had talked, and he was very nice. He's one of the few people that, when I was announced as the the lead announcer, said, "Hey, I've been in I've been in this role." I think you're going to be very successful. I'm here if you need anything. Okay. So. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Just in case it hasn't been announced yet, though, we'll, we'll hedge our bets a little. And so, I got I got some more stuff here. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I was talking to well, Mike G. Once again, he's. Uh, Plotting along. <laughs> no, he's working on. He's working hard on the book. He's been doing good. Uh, he had. I mentioned last week that he he had. An, he did a. I mean, if this book comes out, <laughs> if it comes out, mm -hmm. it's really going to be loaded with quotes from people. Um, we're talking. Uh, well, he had Joe Coff this week. Oh wow! And he had a great conversation with Joe. How do you tell this, my story? And my Ring of Honor thing without interviewing Joe Coff. Yeah. You have to. And he spoke to Gary Juster last week. Wow, okay. And, you know, he's spoken to, Ni to Nigel. Mm -hmm. He's spoken to Adam a couple of times to Adam Pierce. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Black. Yeah. Um, Spanky. Prince Nana. Roderick Strong. D didn't you say you talked to Daniels as well? Not yet, Not yet, but okay. Kevin Steen okay. and uh, Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. And I am leaving a boatload of people off the list. But, it's yeah. you know, uh, I'm going to have the Young Bucks lined up. Mm -hmm. I had a good relationship with them. Sure, um, I love the Young Bucks. So he's doing he's doing really well. And uh, once again, he spoke with, uh, with Joe Coff. And him and Joe Coff really jive because... They're exactly the same age. Oh, wow. They're both uh, New York area brought up Jewish households. Mm -hmm. Joe is from the Bronx. Okay. My, Mike and Uncle Gunny, <laughs> they were on the border of Hillside and Newark. Okay. They're both lifetime baseball and Yankee fans, mm -hmm. and as well as wrestling fans. And, you know, Joe's a music fan, too. So yeah. Mike said he really jived. It's, it's funny how... And when he spoke with Gary, it didn't really jive. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but it really didn't jive. Interesting. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the whole transcript <laughs> of the Justice is like, there was a book years ago when like a, one of these uh, mafia informants, the Valachi Papers. It was a movie, and you know this guy, uh, Frank Valachi. He he turned, you know, he went state's evidence. But I got it right here, the Juster Papers. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike is good. So when he does these interviews, the Juster Papers. <laughs> Gary does not listen to the podcast. So I can say anything. I, 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 and I love Gary. We can talk on the to phone sometimes. It's hard to get anyone to answer the phone. He and I could talk sometimes 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Gary opened up the conversation with Mike G. <laughs> and Mike G said, uh, Gary Jester. <laughs> and Gary Jester. <laughs> Gary Jester must have, listened, must have listened to this podcast. You know why? Why is that? Because he says, after Mike said, Gary Jester. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Jester said, how do you? <laughs> now, if you're wondering if you've lasted this long on this episode and you're newer to the podcast, you're like, what are they laughing about? Well, go back and look up the episodes with the camel. And uh, 
Do you want to know what Mike G said? <laughs> Carry on. Fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike G said, <laughs> oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. How about you? <laughs> oh, I like how we've turned him into Bella Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> and would you like to know what Gary said? Oh, <laughs> this is riveting. This is riveting, Randy. Gary said, I <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for the dog barking in the background. <laughs> so Mike G said to him, I know it well. <laughs> Many times I'm doing an interview and my two beagles are very verbal. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to interview uh, for my second book. And, and Gary said to him, you're quite welcome. <laughs> oh, God. And then it goes on to the... Um, very very riveting opening <laughs> sequence. I hope that's all included in the book. <laughs> uh, it, it's really, you know, Gary's an interesting cat. I love Gary, and I I know he worked for Walter Mondale, who just did. passed away. Yes. I interrupted you. Go no, ahead. rest in peace, Walter Mondale. Uh, Gary was very heavily involved in the Democratic political machine. That's right. Uh, the 1970s and, and 80s became a promoter, promoted uh, Jim Crockett in Baltimore at a time when they were retreating from Baltimore. He said, "Give give me Baltimore." Well, do you know what is it? His entree to the wrestling business was He's got concerts. No, 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 no. He he became friends with. Uh, he was he was born and raised in Minneapolis. Oh, okay. And uh, as a matter of fact, our good friend Rick Flair's father delivered Gary. Really? Yeah. Wow. He said, "Mister, Mrs. Juster, here he is." <laughs> yeah and uh but he 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 was a fan and he went to Vern Gagne he made friends somehow with Nick Bockwinkle okay and this is in the heart of KV yeah right and he had an idea about doing like a yearbook like Gary was like ooh like the baseball yearbooks yeah and Nick Bockwinkle says well you got to talk to Mr. Gagne you know he's the champion <laughs> he makes the decisions and he owned the company too. Yeah. So that was Gary's. Uh, wow. Yeah, I thought figured you would know that. I didn't know that part. I know he got involved in in the AWA and the Pro Wrestling USA, and then he helped launch that, and then he he began to promote for Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore the, was his first town. Right. And uh, one thing led to another, but uh, Gary's a good guy. You know, you could talk to him about baseball. Yeah. Talk to him about mu music. Music. Him and I are, are very compatible on music. I think we've discussed that. Yes. Where we're both like the folk rock. We both like the uh, the uh, anti-folk, folk, you you name it. We like the kind of the softer rock, some of the alternative and college rock too. So, yeah, REM. He's a big REM fan uh, from Atlanta. He's right. now lives in Atlanta. So uh, he lives next to the lead singer from Driving and Crying, who had okay. a couple minor hits in the late 80s and early 90s. He never told me that. Yeah. He's friends with Bob Mould from oh, Husker Du. He is. He's who's come to Ring of Honor a few times. Yeah. And Bob Mould briefly was on the WCW creative team. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. And Kevin Sullivan refers to him sometimes as Bob Du on the podcast. <laughs> On this podcast, so oh, I, I believe I, I heard him say it once, and I had a nice, a nice chuckle. <laughs> yeah, I spoke to Kevin this week too, and I was, you know, I, I speak to him a few times a week. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, whatever he's uh, scratching his head as, as what's going on in this world, like yeah. we all are. But things are getting better. They today, are. Today was a beautiful day. It was. It was like, you know, spring has come. And the flowers are the flowers are bloomed. Right. Cherry spring blossoms is, are out. Spring has come again. I took a ride today. Ooh. Um, I've been trying to get my back in shape to maybe go to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and I've been driving every day. And now that I'm in like a state of retirement, mm -hmm. um, which is better than being in a state of imbecility, <laughs> lying in the gutter in a state of imbecility. Um, but I, I've been driving. So 
I mentioned to you, I think last week I drove past your house. I'll take 78 yeah. just to nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, ooh, I'll get off at Trexler Town. Matter of fact, I got off at Trexler Town a few days ago. And normally for lunch, I'll, I'll get one of these really healthy juices from the, from the health food store. Mm-hmm. Well, I went the other direction. Ooh. And I, I, somehow I was like, ooh, I saw the sign for Yakos. Yeah. Now, I've never eaten a Yakko's hot dog really? in my life. Okay. And I, once, in a, once in a while, I'll eat a Nathan's hot dogs. They'd mm-hmm. have them at the casino. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went. And by the way, did you know Yakko's is cash only? I did. I should have. should have talked. Yeah. They, <laughs> uh, my barber's cash only, and he got shut down a couple of times, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I got a. a I, I've got a couple of Yakko's hot dogs, um, but today I drove the other direction. Ooh. I went towards <laughs> I went towards Jersey, and I got off at Exit Seven, where those truck stops are. I'm familiar. Yeah, it's not I'm for gas, not for any other reason. You might what? be familiar what with the truck stop. Going on there? Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> so that was the back road to where I used to live when I lived more in Bucks, towards Bucks County. Oh, okay. And I was telling AJ, uh, our producer and my good friend, before you came over tonight, I'm not big on doing these sentimental trips. Like, Mm -hmm. I moved out of this house that I drove in that area today, 2012. So I'm not like, ooh, let me drive for old time's sake. Mm-hmm. But today, I wanted, to dr- I wanted to drive somewhere, and it was so nice out. Mm-hmm. And did you ever go across the Regalsville, the little bridge? Yeah. Yeah. I used to run back when I could oh. jog. Oh, wow. The, the, uh, the, the towpath. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect time to be in Regalsville to, because it was such a nice day. Yeah. The flowers were out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Uh, I, I stopped at a store, like like the uh, convenience store. There's very few places, selections as far as food mm-hmm. or stores. Plus, it takes like 20 minutes to go to this area or yeah. to Hellertown. So it's just not the most convenient spot. Um, but uh, I, I was driving around. I was swinging down memory lane, hmm. which is... Um, I don't usually do that. I, I said to AJ, you know, like I, I never, everyone has their different ways they handle things. Thankfully, you guys, your parents are alive. You know, you're of the age where they should be alive. And I've never went back to my parents, like where my parents are buried. Mm. It's not, it's not something, do you think you got, it's a hard, I know it's very morbid. Yeah, no. It's, it's, but it's last stop, Penn Station. Sure. So, in the uh, in the event, hopefully 40, 50 years from now, sure, yeah. upon the passing, uh, do you think you would go back to the cemetery? Uh, you ever thought about that? Maybe on special occasions, maybe a birthday. Okay. Maybe something like that. It was, um, it's interesting for my family. I remember my grandparents coming up on certain special occasions to uh, lay flowers and things in the cemetery in Bethlehem, okay. in Fountain Hill. So it's something that, that they've done, and I know my mom had, has done as well for, for her family. So it's it's sort of, a, I don't want to say tradition, but... Well, I was just going to use that word, but go ahead. Yeah, there's there's some precedent, at least with the family. Good word. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's interesting. I can't drive by the house that I grew up in. It's it's different. Um it's uh, it's weird. It's weird. And the family that had owned it and they sold it about two months ago, which was very interesting because I looked at it. My friend sent it to me and he said, yeah, you should buy this. And it looked great. It was beautiful. They redid all the interior. It was modern. Um, they added a door on where my bedroom was. So my bedroom. Not Why my does be- it bother you? I Yeah, it's just that it changed, I guess. Um, but it's it's strange. Um, you know, I I picture that house. Um, you know, as we, as a place that we would, you know, come home to from a basketball game or a baseball game. And I, I remember getting out of the car and going out of the garage through the basement, up, up the stairs, carrying groceries in. Um, I can, 
it's very vivid and real and uh it it doesn't feel like that long ago and i'm i'm start i'm at the age now where i'm seeing my kids grow up and zach's four already and he's not even the same as what i remember you know he's changed so much in four years and that weird passage of time is finally starting to kind of get to me. It finally feels like I'm growing up a little bit. And it's it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Um, I, 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 you know, I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but since we're riding down this uh, path, when I used to when I used to drive with my with my parents down to see my father's sister, Betty, who lived down the shore, they had the shoes, the, the shoe store in Point Pleasant. Now, my family, uh, both sides of the family, most of the people, you know, bring, you know, my family, as we've discussed, half-assed Jews. (laughs) Like, nobody was bar mitzvah. I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nobody was bar, very few were bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. They didn't really, they didn't go to temple, you know, the Rosh Hashanah or fast on Yom Kippur or anything like that. But one thing has been a constant. There's this Jewish, I don't know how else to put it, there's a cemetery in mm-hmm. Woodbridge Okay, that is exclusively of Jewish people. So most of the family member is, and it's like, so it's like right, the, the parkway is cuts it, it's right, you know, when you're going over the big bridge in Perth Amboy? Oh, yeah, yeah. So right before you get to that. Okay. So when we'd be driving down to, Be- to Betty's, my father, his friend Frankie, who owned the record store, would uh, he would say to him as they were driving, my father was more of a gregarious and like a river. Mm-hmm. He would say, hey, Frankie. And he'd point over to the cemetery. <laughs> You're going to be first. Oh. <laughs> no way, Philly. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that uh, I, I've i never gone back. Yeah. I, you know, you got to, everyone handles it differently. Mm-hmm. There's no right way. Yeah. Um, so, my parents were always with me. But um, it's like bad memories for me. Like, you know, my father passing away. And having to go, you know, my mother wasn't in good shape, and mm. and getting through the whole, the whole thing, and uh, at least just, you had some closure, though, right? You, but you had you, you were able to sober up while they were, yeah, while they were still yeah. around. And, well, right, right. I, I had some closure, but it's like it's not like I need to go there to honor their memory. Mm-hmm. That to me, but some people feel that that's the right thing to do. Sure. So I'm not. If anyone is offended by my take on things, I'm I'm not telling you don't go to your family's cemeteries. It's wrong. I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's just a personal, you know, it's personal choice. Yeah, I think it, for me, it would depend on the situation. Yeah, I'm, you know, if we were fortunate enough that you know my parents were to live to their 90s, and yeah. and I, you know. It, then I, I might not visit because by then I'd be 60, 60, 65 myself. And right. You see yourself. Yeah. Boy, this, this is a, this is a, uh, it's turning into a, you never know what you're going to get on last stop Penn station. When my father died and he was really sick and I would, oh, he had cancer and it was, untreatable yeah. at the point that it's it spread and he was really in bad shape and uh it's like you know people would say oh you know because it was ev- very evident he's mm. not going to be around more than a, a little while yeah. go down spend some time Right. Yeah. And it was like I'd go there mm-hmm. and he was so miserable and mm-hmm. angry. And as it, when him, when he and Frankie were doing the aforementioned ribbing, passing the cemetery, my father was very spooked, like like every like most people are, including myself, mm-hmm. it's often spooked of dying. But in the end, he was welcoming it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're that sick. Yeah. So it doesn't. Give me good memories to go uh, to go to to revisit that 
or to like, may, ooh, maybe I'll drive by the last house they moved to. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do that for? Yeah. Some people would. Yeah. Like you just said, you don't want to drive by where you live. No, and I can't even drive. And this is the craziest part. I can't even drive to the house that Zach was born in. Why? Um, it's weird. It just feels like it's not ours. And it just feels like the, the memories there are the memories. And that's kind of how I want to let them be. Interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we were in Glenside, which is not too far away. It's right down 309. And, uh, I don't want to go there ever again. (laughs) Um, it's a great town and really nice. And I'm glad we spent Zach's first year there, but, uh, yeah, it's weird. And Allentown to me is, has always had a pull to it. I always felt like I needed to be here for some reason. I'm not sure why. Well, it's good that you're, I'm, I'm happy that you're here. Yeah. Cause I don't know if this podcast would have got off the ground. So then <clears throat> it's good to have you as a good local friend. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's good. Um, you know, before go ahead. my brother and I went to Disney world and I was telling him about how much Allentown had changed. He's born, born and raised here too. Uh, born in Georgia, but raised in Allentown. And uh, a new listener, too. He loved the Gurney story. <laughs> How could he not? Yeah. And he rarely comes back for some of the same reasons. And his are a little bit more kind of personal, where when he was growing up, it was when all the industry left. It's when, and he'd go, you know, he'd see a friend in school and they'd be upset because their parents just got laid off or because they're, you know, downsizing the Mack trucks or they were closing Bethlehem Steel or um, any number of the industries closed here. So, he only remembers it from the mid nineties when everything, how old is he? He's 42. So he's, okay. he was born in, uh, he's 40. So how long has he been out of the area? Since 2003. Okay. So he's missed the, does the, he ever come up here? Like when he, he did for my graduation, he did for, uh, when my sister got, our sister got married. It's gotta be a big event. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be worth his time. <laughs> He'll come to New York. Uh, him and his family like to go to New York uh, they'll go to Philadelphia. We've met him there a couple of times when we lived in Glenside. So, yeah, he doesn't like to come back to Allentown, though. Um, but I tried to explain to him that, hey, things are different. Like, if that's the reason you're not coming, we have the Iron Pig Stadium. We have the Phantom Stadium downtown. Uh, they took those weird, I don't know how much you were in Allentown in the 80s, but they had these weird. No, I wasn't at all. Overpass things on Hamilton Street that were blocking out the sun when you walked down the nice street corridor there. Um, those, oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, those, those are gone. Those are long gone. <laughs> 2004, the minute you moved out, they're gone. Uh, and they have, you know, the, all the parks are up kept now and this and that. And for him, it's, he, it's the same thing. He just, he can't come back or doesn't want to, but I think he's finally, he's booking a plane ticket going to come visit. So, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah it's really, it, I'm glad we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it's important stuff. Uh, and no, this is the kind of stuff people just don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, does no one talk about it? No, but it's just in this kind of forum, you know, we try. Yeah. To, but uh, it's good to express these kind of feelings. I was uh, out of, I don't want to say boredom, because there's plenty to watch and plenty to read and plenty to listen to. But uh, with all these streaming services, did you ever watch The Sopranos? No. Oh, well then. Yeah, but I mean, I'm very familiar, but I've never, it came out when I was just a little too young. We didn't have HBO. I think it was 12 when it came out. So I was just, just getting into Seinfeld, just getting into the. It was probably the, like 96 or seven yeah, or eight. I think, yeah, I think later 90s. So I was just a little too young. And then by the time it was over, I was, I was in college, but. I didn't want to jump in without knowing what happened before. Well, I noticed it on one of these streaming services and I'd seen it and I had the DVDs downstairs, but I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, let me try it. It's been 20 years. Yeah. More than that. So I put on the first episode and I had it in my mind. I remember I didn't like the first episode. There was too much of Tony Soprano and the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. There's is which is the opening scene of the whole Sopranos. Okay. Here's this mob boss yeah. in a psychiatrist's office. And I'm like, eh, it was sort of boring. Well, it wasn't boring. And uh being a new being a North Jersey guy, mm-hmm. uh all, all everything about it's good and just uh, 
Your man, Steve, Steve Van Zandt. Little Steven, he's yeah. so good. Yeah. All these actors and actresses are just so good. But um, besides mentioning the, that I'm watching The Sopranos again, the psychiatrist thing, mm -hmm. you know, and listening to <clears throat> what the psychiatrist is saying to him, you know, about about what we're doing right now, but it's important to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had so many secrets. Right. And so did she. Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's, yeah, but uh, so it all, it, it all ties together. Uh, I'm, so I'm enjoying that. I'm on the first season, first season. Uh, I've watched like, I was watched like six or seven of them. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Uh, we finished the Frank Sinatra the second episode of this Frank Sinatra documentary on Netflix. Really? Which I knew, I mentioned we had watched the first one, which was, you know, him coming up in Hoboken mm -hmm. and his early rise and then his decline and then uh, having a rebound in the early 50s with the From Here to Eternity movie mm -hmm. and getting on a new record label. But I knew that the second episode, and it was long. It's like, you know, you know, I'm grateful for AJ to for being willing to sit and watch this stuff. But um, the second one was really good because you got the Rat Pack. You know, him and Dean Martin, uh, Peter Lawford, who was married into the Kennedy family. Right. Joey Bishop and mm -hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. Right. And the whole Vegas thing. And the tie-in with the Kennedys. Mm -hmm. and, and the Kennedys wanted Sinatra. Sinatra was the conduit between them fixing the election in West Virginia and in Illinois with Sam G and Kana. Oh. Sinatra knew all the mobsters. Wow. Yeah. So when Kennedy, Jack, mm -hmm. JFK, when he came out to Vegas, mm -hmm. he was smoking cigars, drinking, partying, hanging out with these guys. He would go to Sinatra's place in Palm Springs because as they say in the documentary, because JFK knew it's cool to smoke. You, you could smoke a joint there. Oh. <laughs> and, and he was, he was you know, Sinatra was a, a, a huge womanizer, mm. but so was Kennedy. Yeah. And they tell the story about, do you know this name? Uh, Judith Exner slash Judith Campbell? Wasn't she, <clears throat> uh, was she, wasn't she like an executive assistant to... JFK? Or am I thinking of somebody different? You're thinking of someone different. Okay. Sinatra knew her. Was Sinatra fucking her too? Yeah, Sinatra knew her. She was a gorgeous woman. Mm -hmm. You know, he, after Ava Gardner, he had this one. He had that one. <laughs> he was a stud. You know, and he was Frank Sinatra. He was Frank Sinatra. But he knew all these mob guys. And Judith, Judith Campbell, her real name was Exner, she was hanging out with Sam Giancana. She, you know, he's the mob boss of Chicago. Mm -hmm. She was a gorgeous 20-something, mm -hmm. but she was sophisticated. So Sinatra introduces Kennedy to her. Oh. And Hoover has, it has you know, tapes of her calling the White House. Jesus. And, and, you know, video of her sneaking through the back door. Whoa. So you bring the two together. Yeah. So when, when Bobby, when they fix the election... And Gene Connor says to he Gene Connor says to Sinatra, you know they're going to do the right thing. Mm. In other words, if he's elected, yeah, because Bobby Kennedy was anti, yeah. uh, you know, organized crime. Right, he was having those hearings, mm -hmm. and how how they would allow this to happen. Uh, Jack Kennedy named Bobby Kennedy as Attorney General. And after letting them, letting these guys off the hook for like the time of the election mm. and for two, three months into the new presidency, the dogs were back. And right. And it, it, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Sammy Davis. Mm -hmm. um, when we, we met in Vegas. Who I met in Vegas. Yeah. When Kennedy got elected and they had at, at Madison Square Garden. Huh. The inauguration party. Really? And Sinatra's star being the star, as well as doing his campaign song, the Kennedy family, who you think is very liberal, mm -hmm. 
they told her we don't want we don't want Sammy Davis there. Really? And he had to tell. And he was he got Sammy Davis record record deals, movie deals, yeah. as well as these other actors. He did the right thing. I left out Dean Martin. He was part of this crew too. Mm-hmm. And all the all the guys were there, and he had to tell Sammy Davis, look, you gotta take a powder. Oh, jeez. And Sammy Davis had no choice, but it's a really good documentary. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Was, was that Showtime or HBO? It's, it's on Netflix. Okay. But yeah, really, really, really good information. Um, also, in what no one wants to hear about section, uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been nerding out. Now, does does Bruce Springsteen? I, I know he does packages and greatest hits and stuff like that and mm-hmm. live concerts. Um, Ian Anderson is very kind to the Tull fans. And when he puts out like a, each album mm-hmm. is reissued 40, 50 years, 30 years later, whatever. This is a 1980 album. Nice. And it was, this is comparable to when Bruce did the Tunnel of Love tour with the new band. Okay. Because only Martin Barr gotcha. stayed there. So he yeah. had this guy, Eddie Jobson, this keyboard whiz who was mm. with Frank Zappa. Oh, and with a wow. band called UK. Okay. The drummer was Mark Craney. You know the name Jean Lou Ponty? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the Chick Korea. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, this intense rock jazz fusion. Mm-hmm. This guy was a monster. Anyway, uh, I've been, and the funny thing is, there's only the lot, the original album, which mm-hmm. is remastered. Uh, and they do these outtakes, you know, stuff that was sure. left off it. And there's a live album and there's some video stuff, which is a little bit dated. There was a guy, David Mallet, Mallet who did the Queen videos, okay. who did the uh, Bowie, you know, the China Girl mm-hmm. and Ashes to Ashes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did a lot of these early MTV things. Modern Love, too, I think. Yes. Uh, yep. yep. And uh, he's got a laundry list of stuff. So uh, Ian Anderson had him do this 60-minute video. And except for some of the effects being dated, mm-hmm. it was sort of a, a little running thing. But I saw a guy do a review of this on YouTube. And he gave it, it's a, you know, one of these prog rock uh, experts. And he gave it a really bad review. Really? Because it was, it, it was just not traditional talk. And so Carrie, what Carrie has is a book that looks like it has some uh, place for some CDs. Oh, there's and there's just a ton of shit. And there's here. some great photos yeah. and just pages of interviews. Oh, this is like size six font. There's so it's probably a hundred pages, but there's probably three hundred pages worth of right. stuff. And so, the, so the guy said he doesn't like the album. It's not a good Jethro Tull album. Huh. I don't care how much they remixed it. And the live <laughs> concert is 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 good. But this wasn't the classic tall sound. It got better in 82 when they got rid of this keyboard player. And he says, and the video, it's good. But overall, I don't like it, the whole thing. But you know what? There's so much work put in to get it, to put this out. <laughs> and that, that, that's worth the $50. That's the bless your heart answer. That's right. the, you, so you try it. It's like... If you if if did, did Springsteen ever take did, an album and like give you a, a jumbo? He, package? He's done it a couple of times. He did it with Born to Run when Born to Run turned thirty five. Uh, he did it like twenty ten. He did it. He did a really fun one with the River uh, when the River was thirty five, and it included. I'm a big bootleg collector, Go ahead. and so <clears throat> I was semi familiar with a lot of these, but they weren't in good quality in the bootleg. Right. So you get the the studio quality of uh, Party Lights, uh, Meet Me in the City Tonight, all these great songs that in, that Springsteen writes about and said, yeah, I should have put that one on the album. I should have done that one. And um, yeah. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, it's amazing. I'm safe to say that it's amazing how many songs. Oh, God. Yeah. That were left. They've decided whether it's Alice in Chains, 
whether it's Springsteen, mm-hmm. whether it's Stevie Wonder, you whether mean, it's Joe Blow, yeah, that they just they, who has prominent albums, and there was like seven or eight tracks that they're that, and and three of them are great, right? Three of them are like amazing. You would kill for these songs who've been on the album. Uh, there's a song called Thundercrack, which Springsteen closed I know every one. show with from '73 to '75. Before Born to Run came out, it was left off three albums. And he had it ready to go, a studio version, ready to go for any of the albums. And, uh, we, you know, in 98, they finally released it as a studio version. Um, but for years, that was a big bootleg, you know, phenomenon. You'd, you'd, get, you'd want to get the one from Philly or get the one from uh, Princeton, New Jersey, or get this one or that one. So, yeah, it's, it's always cool when they, when they have it. Springsteen did the big book thing, too. Uh, he did one with his actual book. He finally wrote a biography called Chapter and I think Chapter and Verse was the name. Uh, but he had some cool outtakes from his very first recordings in 1966 and 1968. He was in a band called Steel Mill. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what he has done. You know, if you're if you're a fan of whoever, yeah, you'll ha- want to have some sounds of them in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> um, thank God for Jay Lethal. Okay. Because he got this also. Now, there's no money in uh, Ian Anderson doing this, even mm-hmm. at $50 a pop. There's just not enough fans anymore. Sure. But it's more of a labor of love. But Lethal, and this is an obscure album. I mean, if you're looking at Aqualung, yeah. and Thick as a Brick, and uh, these these. This is Top, his, his lucky town. Song from the woods. Yeah. This is like, you know, oh, yay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thank God for Lethal, because there's one song on here, which was on the A album, which is the opening song. It was supposed to be their FM rock single. Okay. Called Crossfire. And I remember it being played on the, on WNEW mm. or WMMR. Mm-hmm. Uh at the time, you know, in light rotation. Yeah. But uh, it was played. But so it's but it's a song. And you guys, I'm talking AJ and Ian, take that song from, uh, you know, from from Springsteen or Primus, that obscure one that you really love, that even a Primus fan would be like, oh yeah, I think I, you know, I think I know that. But a real Primus fan would be, of course. Yeah. So this Crossfire song, which is remastered, when the album ends, there's an alternate version of Crossfire. Huh. And I said to, you know, Lethal got this, and he was nerding out over this (laughs) song called Black Sunday, that he's just playing. I said, you got to listen to Crossfire the second. And, and I said, there's just third. I, I timed it because mm-hmm. I was in the car. There's just 13 seconds of guitar to open it with these just the the melody of the the melody, the main melody of the song. I mean, how many notes are there? There's a there's only uh, seven. No, there's uh, yeah, seven. And there's seven notes in music, right? Yeah, seven in a, in a scale. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. like, this song is just like da 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 we played it, and uh, anyway, so it's. I hope that your bands that you, the, who's our listeners, whatever your favorite band is, whether it's Taylor Swift mm-hmm. or whether it's uh, Iron Butterfly <laughs> or whomever it is, right? Uh, give back, like yeah. uh, a lot of these bands do. Well, you know what's cool about these streaming services now? A lot of these box sets come right to the streaming service. And a lot of the artists... A lot of them don't also. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Springsteen's really gotten ahead of that. And I think he's realized he's got a catalog of the of professionally recorded concerts. Every once in a while, he'll just dump a couple up there. That's nice. That's not, that aren't on CD or that aren't you know released commercially. Um, what I really like about Spotify is the B-sides. Mm-hmm. So I'll find, uh, I really like Oasis. And Oasis has a couple B-sides that are like, oh, why wasn't that on the album? Or why wasn't that on the... And you can get them right on Spotify too. So 
that's been really neat as well. I think a lot of the artists realize now, or at least their management does, that you know they might not make a whole lot of money selling the compilations, or they'll just put them right on Spotify and just let people enjoy them. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't even think that this might be on there. You might be right. You know, I, I don't know if they got to pay. They got to pay the artists on they, Spotify. They right? do, but it's it's low. You need millions of listens to make any any kind of money on Spotify. But yeah, it's interesting. Spotify and Apple Music now they kind of and they'll. It's fun because I'll you know they'll send you the we recommend this mm-hmm. these songs for you on this week. And I have it automatically downloaded and it'll be I had a Nick Lowe B-side from 1980 pop up that was just released on Spotify. So they think it came out in 2021, but it was cool because it came out in, in 1980. And it's just it is it's right in my you know things I like to listen to. I'm sure in the Springsteen box sets, mm-hmm. you're getting a, a like a live concert that yeah. maybe once again, you heard it bootleg style. Yeah. Or you heard it like, oh, you know, remember the, oh, you were this before your time, but I'm sure you've heard um, King Biscuit Flower Hour. Yeah, presents, yep. Right. And they have an hour concert, mm-hmm. whether it was Led Zeppelin or whomever. Yeah. Uh, and so you're getting, but Bruce takes the the, the, the master. master tapes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're remixed. Yeah. In, in you know, the modern time and mm-hmm. just beefed up. And it's just so good. Yeah, there's a couple famous famous bootlegs that, you know, there's ones that come from the radio stations. Those sometimes the masters get out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that was MMR. Like, I was gonna do. say, yeah, MMR. Uh, when they did uh, when they did uh, Widener University, those always magically wound. You know, those are in perfect condition. It's just kind of tantalizing because you'll hear other concerts where it's kind of. The hiss, the the hiss, and the pops of, of the sounds. You wonder what it would sound like. But if you like the band, it's even okay with right. the hisses and the pops. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, well, that that might be uh, this might be our, our last stop, Penn Station, for this week. Yeah, that was that was fun going through the. Uh, now I'm gonna have to take out all my Springsteen stuff again. It's it's funny. He's he's like uh, it's like your best music friends. You know, I'll go a couple months without listening to him, mm-hmm. and then I'll hop back in and. Uh, Always something fun and interesting with with him. I, I find myself listening to most music that I listen to in the car. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't listen to it in the house very often. Yeah. Which I should change that habit. Yeah, I I listen to a lot at the gym. Although at the gym, I've been listening to the Gap Band. Okay, I've just <laughs> I've just been I've been entranced since since I got the vaccine. Um, I've gone to the gym every day that I've been in Pennsylvania because uh, I took the trip to Disney. And I just put on "You Dropped a Bomb on Me," "Burn Rubber on Me," <laughs> and I it, it does, the songs don't change, and you realize it's just kind of the you know the same thing over and over. Good for working out. Good though. for working out. And Zap, you ever listen to Zap? You know, <laughs> I, I when I saw you post that, yeah, I'm familiar with them with Roger. Not slightly. Yeah, Roger was the the innovator there, and he became a big big deal in hip hop in the '90s. Kind of influential and was on the Tupac's albums and this and that. Ian's got a very eclectic taste, but that's good. It's a good thing. I even like Strokin', which if you want to hear the story about that, about Clarence Carter. The great Clarence Carter. That's on the, They're probably still playing it. The Ghost of Stroking. <laughs> the Ghost of Stroking is still playing. You know, that building that was the After Hours Club on 50th Street. Great episode, the by the way. same 50th Street that had the... Uh, the the coke sellers out on the street Just between noon and midnight, wow. seven days a week, uh, three hundred sixty. Oh, well, it wasn't three hundred sixty-five days oh, a year because on uh, New Year's Eve mm-hmm. they knew there was going to be a lot. Of, you know, the cops that were working there, <laughs> right? But yeah. they had it. They would. I don't even. They, they would probably close by like two o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and uh, 50th Street also had, let's not forget one of our great, find it in the past episodes, with our great friend, another Coke dealer, Mickey, who had the young lady. Oh, geez. The, yeah. The, the young lady in his room. Yeah. The only time he didn't want to, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to mess with Mickey. When he was... <laughs> and it had the, uh, the male hustler bar on it, but the after hours, which was a flight of stairs, to get into this shithole, uh, 
that Skroken's still playing. <laughs> Somehow, someway. They're Skroken. Stroking to the West. Stroking to the woman that I love best. I'm Skroken. He's never syncopated. It's one thing to syncopate with the rhythm, but he never comes in at the same time and any. You would think that the jukebox at this place has only spoken. It was an old school jukebox. Oh my! But that's where I met Dustin. So some yeah. good, some good things come out of it. There you go. You know, it's it was all part of the journey. Yeah, and it was good that that we told these stories today. Yeah. Yeah, I might drive by my old house. I might take Sarah by, show her one one of these days. I don't think she's ever seen it. Well, where did where did she grow up? Oakland, New Jersey, so way up north. Okay. Way up north, Jersey. Does she like to go back to her old stomping grounds? Ooh, rooms? her parents only moved recently. That's probably... We've talked about it. It's We like to stop there when we go to see her sister in Boston. So when we drive up, it's it's about maybe two hours, an hour and a half, two hours, and, and we'll stop at the Starbucks, the Oakland exit. It's a real small town. It's got a Walgreens and a Starbucks and a Pizza Hut. And then it's just kind of residential, very nice, beautiful mountain. You kind of live on the mountain. And uh, well, I met Sarah's parents. Yeah, Gil and, and Barb. The right. day Nora was born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Gil's a big uh, Clapton guy. He's a big, big music guy. They they blew it though. They should have went to that James Taylor I, wow. that night. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> They're being good grandparents. Yeah, they wanted they to make sure that <laughs> we were set with the baby. <laughs> but it was James Taylor and Bonnie Rick. Yeah. It was a hell of a... For- I almost right, went. Right in Allentown. I almost went. I love Bonnie Ray. You know, very I love good James show. Taylor. Yeah. So well, we'll be back at you next week with some... Uh, so we, we keep hinting about the sex tour. I think we got to... And continue on with the 90s. Yeah. Carrie story. And we'll, we'll get some more... I'm glad we opened this Pandora's box about feelings about these... These, these, these ghosts of the past, so to speak. These residencies and just it was a good it was a good episode yeah yeah i appreciate you opening up and felt good to open up too yeah it felt good to talk about that i don't think i've ever really told anybody i don't want to drive by this you're telling a lot of people that's that's right a couple a few thousand (laughs) please subscribe Mm -hmm. to last stop penn station someone actually bought a a, there was a couple t-shirt orders i couldn't awesome i don't understand why people don't buy more Maybe because we don't push it. We don't. But I, we have two. There's two Ian Riccoboni figures left. Okay. Two, as of it's right now. It's been for the last. Since, we, <laughs> since we've been doing this, is like this is our 54th, 55th episode. But there was a break during the pandemic. And uh, the, the, the coveted Ian Riccoboni figures were almost sold out. We had a run at the beginning. We sold like 400. And then Danhausen boosted them. Danhausen, yeah, Danhausen, because of the interest that he brought, people were going to shophonor.com and it was, oh, go crap, there's more Ring of Honor ones. So they'd buy a Danhausen, they'd buy an Ian Riccoboni, they'd buy a Jay Lethal, a Bandito, and a Roosh, and they just, and Session Moth, and they'd get all the Ring of Honor ones. And then uh, Danhausen sold out <laughs> and left two poor Ian. There's some warehouse in Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> with two poor Ians sitting by themselves. <laughs> well, someone's going to get them. Yeah. No, it's, it'll be fun. And maybe I'll buy them. Maybe I'll bring them to that uh, action figure podcast there you go. with, with uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers and sell them, sell them there. <laughs> Where is that going to be? Uh, the great Jimmy Seafood. Oh, okay. Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. June 11th, Friday night. Tickets are on sale now at uh, major uh, majorwrestlingpod.com. I'm sure Jeff Jones will be there. I'm sure Jeff Jones. <laughs> Jeff Jared's there the next night. Okay. They're doing podcast palooza. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. But Jimmy's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He always takes care of us. And, John. Uh, John. Yeah. John, Johnny Crab Cakes. <laughs> yes. He's in my phone. They're really, And they're good for the community. They are. They raise so much money. They, they help so many restaurants mm-hmm. survive through the pandemic, and they themselves changed their whole business model. To adapt as well. You would so. like this place, AJ. You'd break your your seafood uh, moratorium. Well, it's really good. And even if you don't like seafood, the steak they're oh, the, the, they're, they're the size of your head. Uh, I've never seen them. Yeah, were you there at the time? We and the, I know we're wrapping up. They brought a plate that was the size of the table. It was seafood. I as think an I was. I I came in late. It was uh, Chris Daniels, was, Frankie Kazarian, yeah. the Bucks. Yep. Uh, Me, Cliff Gordon, yourself, 
Cabana and leave, and I'm leaving some and some yeah. girlfriends or wives were there too. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mrs. Matt was there maybe. And Lethal and I came in late. Yeah, and uh, there was a, a bounty, a beautiful bounty. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, we were t- I was talking music with Frankie that night. If we want to talk metal, we should we should have him on, Frankie Kazarian. He's a good, He's a good guy. Yeah, we like him too. <laughs> and we like you for listening. Thanks so. much. Thanks so much we'll get, for listening. We'll, uh, we'll get Frankie and Gary Justin. <laughs> <laughs> what a dynamic duo. <laughs> well, we hope you stay around and listen to that episode because that would be that would be a lot of fun. Let's yeah. get them on. We'll figure out how to do that one of these days. We appreciate you listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank uh, AJ, our producer from Beside Creative Web Design, Eric from Discover Pro Wrestling for doing the notes and getting us prepared and keeping us in line. And we thank Carrie and you for listening. And please join us next week on Last Stop Penn Station. We hail you for listening to Last Stop Penn Station podcast. Rate, review, like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or at laststoppennstation.com.